The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Carolyn Grimes is an actress best known for her role as Zuzu Bailey in the classic 1946 film It's a Wonderful Life. And she's on the line with us here. How are you today? Oh, I'm just really fine. Um, got a little touch of a cold. But oh, no. I'll get over it. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, Jimmy Stewart won't be around to make you feel better this time. Darn, darn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Zuzu Bailey is one of the most memorable names in film, isn't it? I believe so. If nothing else, just Zuzu, because yeah. everybody seems to connect with the film and flowers and the little girl and all. It just conjures up a lot of good stuff. Where did that name actually come from? There was a product made around the early 1900s, and it was called Zuzu's Ginger Snaps. It was a cookie. Mm. And so um, if you remember, when George runs up the stairs when he's so happy to be back home and he says hi to his kids, I run out my bedroom door and I say, Daddy, Daddy. And he says, Zuzu, my little ginger snap. <laughs> so I guess I was named after a cookie. Yeah. And what was it like working with Jimmy Stewart and being on the set with other people like Frank Capra and Donna Reed? Well, I was six years old and I really didn't know they were any different than any other actor I'd been with or a director. Everybody was all the same. And my mother and father made it a huge issue that I would never know what a star was or that they were stars. So I had no idea. I just thought they were my friends and it was my job. And so um, I didn't realize really who they were. In fact, It took me a long, long, many, many years before I figured out anything about that film. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was not until the 80s that you actually saw it for the first time, right? That's right, 1980. It was the first time I ever saw the film. And how did that actually happen? I kept getting people, uh, reporters, knocking on my door, and I lived out in the country, and they said, were you the little girl that played in the movie? And I said, well, yeah. (laughs) And so they said, can we have an interview? And I thought, okay. So 
I went to the basement and drug up all my memorabilia so we could have an interview. And doggone, every week it just seemed to keep happening again and again. And I thought, yeah. what in the world is going on? So eventually I started getting fan mail. Wow. And I thought, this is weird. So <laughs> I said, you know, I think I'd better sit down and watch this movie. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think of it? What were your first impressions? Well, of course, I did the, the tears and the happiness. And I, I did the whole gamut of the roller course co coaster of emotions. And um, I realized that this was a masterpiece, that it, it really helped people and it, and it could touch lives. Yeah. And I really felt like it was a tool that could be used in many positive ways. And I knew then that I I had to take up the cause. And so um, I made that possible. I had to wait about 10 years till my kids were gone. But I, I, I made it my life now to um, follow that course wherever it takes me. When did you realize you were part of something special? I mean, was it right then when you first saw it or did you kind of already know or was it much later? Right when I saw it, I knew I was blessed and chosen because there were four kids in the movie. I mean, Bailey kids. Yeah. And Zuzu is the one they remember. Yeah. Zuzu is the one who had the biggest line at the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, teacher says, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. And that was huge. So I knew that I had a responsibility. And um, I've, I've followed that, that thinking ever since that yeah. time. Even if they've not seen the film, everybody knows that line, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> They may, a lot of times people just catch bits and pieces of the film because they don't want to sit down and watch the whole thing. Or maybe yeah. they're cooking, you know, Christmas dinner while it's on or whatever. But um, once they sit down and watch the whole thing, it, it touches their hearts and makes a difference in their lives. Yeah. And is it true that you still have the bell from the tree, which ended up in you saying that famous line? No, oh. no. <laughs> I, I never said I had the bell. <laughs> <laughs> we've tried to find that bell, but um, we've never been able to find it. We, we don't have any idea. And it was, was made by the Bevan Bell Company, which is still in operation and um, they they made the bell on the tree, but wow. uh, no one knows where it is. At one point, Bozo the Clown said he had it, but <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when you first saw the film, did all the memories of filming it come flooding back to you? No, I was more involved in the story. Yeah. That didn't happen until I started watching it kind of rote, you know. I, then I would let myself remember, and then I would... You know, I would feel tags in my memory that, oh, yeah, I remember that or whatever. But when I first watched the movie, I was mesmerized by the film. And I didn't think about anything else but the story. Yeah. And how many times do you think you've seen it now? Mm, maybe it's 800. <laughs> wow. Do you ever get sick of it? No, never. Never get sick of it. You know, I could watch it over and over again because it's, 
you know, always see something different. And Frank Capra was a genius at putting special meanings throughout the film. Mm. And he did. And so I'm always catching something a little different every time I watch it. You know, there's a, there's a skull on Mr. Potter's desk when he offers George a job. Yeah. And that skull faces Mr. Potter. There's a heavy chain on the back of it that faces George. Oh. So what Capra's saying is if George takes the job, he'll be chained to Mr. Skulldudgery Potter the rest of his life. Wow. There are messages and meanings throughout that movie. So many. There's so many things that you wouldn't notice the first time you see it. And they've colorized it now, haven't they? Are these things easier to spot when the film's in color? Very much so. Very much so. You notice a lot of things in the background that you've never seen before. Yeah. And um, you just see things like where George is in his father's office, his new office, so to speak, when he goes out to talk to the people about the run on the bank. Yeah. Before he goes out of the office, he stops a moment and he looks up at the portrait of his father. And underneath it, there's a needlepoint that says, all you can take with you is that which you've given away. Yeah. And then he walks out and he gives all his honeymoon money to the people. And that's a great scene. Do you remember how you actually got involved with It's a Wonderful Life in the first place? Well, I'd already done four movies. I had an agent and um, she was the, the agent for all the kids in Hollywood pretty yeah. much. And so um, um, they they do a casting call. I mean, they um, tell her what they want, and then she sends who she thinks would be good from her stable to the interviews. Back then, they didn't have auditions. They had interviews. Yeah. And Capra was a perfectionist, and so he chose every single person that was in that movie, even the extras. He wow. handpicked them all. He was <laughs> really a perfectionist. So he was in the casting room and he handpicked me for the part, which I thought was pretty great. Yeah. These days, do you kind of think you were very lucky to have been chosen? Yes, I do. I think I was very lucky. Actually, I was in the waiting room and uh, in the outer office of the yeah. casting office. And uh, there were five other little girls there, about five, six, I don't know. And <clears throat> one of the mothers quote, accidentally spilled coffee on my dress. Oh, no. And I think she thought that perhaps it would throw me off because yeah. maybe, you know, it would bother me. But, you know, it didn't bother me at all. I walked <laughs> in there with a dirty dress and I had something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it, and I didn't realize that it was a purposeful thing until... I walked out of the casting office and into the parking lot and my mother was talking to another mother and I heard them discuss it and they said they didn't think it was an accident that the mother had done it on purpose to throw me off. I didn't I had no clue until I heard them talking about it. Yeah. So I learned. And how long did your job on the film actually last? How long were you filming for? Two weeks. We filmed two weeks in the July part, which was hot, hot, hot. And um, that's when we, the kids, we all filmed the two weeks. It must have been weird filming a Christmas film in July, which is pretty normal. But as a child, did you find that unusual? No, I didn't because I had been in other movies where they had Christmas trees. It didn't matter. You know, I knew it was all play pretend and it, <laughs> it was just an act. 
and it was a story and I didn't think anything about that at all. And we talked about what it was like to work with Jimmy Stewart and in a way your two characters, Zuzu Bailey and George Bailey, are kind of reliant. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are dependent on each other because George confides in Zuzu when he's on the verge of a breakdown and he comes up to check on you. He's maybe a little bit softer, but also you're dependent on him to fix the petals and all that. He shuts the door to the world and, and he comes in and he just turns his, his attention and love on me. And I think that was a huge moment in, in the scheme of things. And I think he, um, it showed a closeness of a father and a daughter. Yeah. But it also showed that I knew, because I'm looking right at him when that when he fixes the pedals mm. and he puts the pedal in his pocket, I see him do it. And you know, you don't take a scene just once, you take it over and over again. And Capra left that in there where I'm perfectly watching him put the pedal in his <laughs> pocket. But I think that he, what he wanted to say was that I knew my daddy wasn't perfect, but I loved him very much. And I think that was the underlying oh, kind of message that carried with him because those petals went with him everywhere. You know, Zuzu's pedal, Zuzu's pedal. He looks for Zuzu's pedal. He gets in Ernie's taxi and he says, take me home, Ernie. Zuzu's sick. And, you know, Zuzu is throughout the film and her pedals are too. So it's it's very meaningful that Capra put that that line of thinking throughout the film. They're such an important part of the film. I mean, they're how they know that he's back in the real world. I think you've said before that they get more screen time than you did. Yeah, they do. (laughs) (laughs) 
they do. And so, you know, he holds him up and he knows that he's back. So Zuzu is kind of the integral part throughout that unborn sequence. And and, uh, it's a a meaningful thing when he finds those petals in his pocket and he knows that he's returned to his life. Yeah. Now, what would you say is your favourite scene from the movie? My favourite scene is, is probably the scene... At the end of the movie, um, where I say every time a bell rings, <laughs> an angel gets his wings. But it's also, you know, more than that, I like the scene where George is on the bridge and mm. he wants to come back. And, he, you know, he's got his hands folded and he's praying to God to let him come back. And he says, please, God, please, God, I want to live again. Yeah. And when he says the word God, it starts to snow. So that indicates he's back right away. Yeah. And, you know, you know, he's learned what's really important in life. And, and that's faith, family and friends, you know, I mean, it's a big deal. It's interesting because the film wasn't initially a hit. It was a box office fail. And then over the years, it's became a classic, probably the most classic Christmas film of all time. What do you think the secret to its everlasting appeal is? Well, because it applies to today, to yesterday, to tomorrow, Mm. and people can identify with George and all the things that he went through. We go through those things in this lifetime. We did in, in last lifetimes. We've been doing this for years. But to see someone actually go through it and all the things that he suffers, and then in the end you see what a gift life really is and how we can make a difference and make it a better life for ourselves and for other people. It that's that's a tricky thing and Capra pulled it off. Mm. And it's you know, the, the people weren't ready for it when it came out because they were all up in a, the war was over and that's yeah. what they were excited about was after the war. They didn't want to watch a movie that was about a man who was going to commit suicide. It was a dark <laughs> film and they didn't want that. And it wasn't released right. It wasn't released until December the 20th at the Globe Theater in New York, which is after Christmas. So it really couldn't be the Christmas movie. So it just kind of died and um, they didn't renew the copyright. And then when they did, um, when they didn't renew it and the, and the public found that movie, wow, it, it's been going gangbusters ever since. And because it- it has no copyright. Does that mean that nobody really has profited from its success? Back in the early 70s, that was true, but that's no longer true. Yeah. Um, through um, Spellman, Aaron Spellman figured out that he could buy the Dimitri Tiomkin estate, who did the music yeah. uh, for It's a Wonderful Life. He could buy his estate and it had the music in it. So he could yeah. claim that he owned the rights to the film because the music you couldn't do the film without the music so (laughs) from then on it passed to republic studios and to lionsgate and all kinds of places and now paramount has it so they have the right because of that situation what would you say the overall message behind it's a wonderful life is oh i think it's that each man's life touches another and we all make a difference and and we can all we can all make choices and we don't realize how much of a difference we really make do you think that many of us make the same difference 
as George Bailey because he's somebody that if he was never born, as we know, many people would be dead or homeless. Do you think that that could be the case for some of us? Yes, I do. I truly do. I believe that's the truth. I think that we all touch each other's lives. It's a, and, uh, you know, if we are on a positive note that the lives are touched in a positive way, it's a really good thing. If, yeah. if, if you know, there there's bad people in this world and they touch lives in a very negative way, mm. that carries forth too. But It's a Wonderful Life gives you hope because there are people who do touch lives in a positive way. And, and when you realize that you have that opportunity to change lives and to touch lives, well, then it's a wonderful reward. I mean, I'm Zuzu, so I can, I touch people's lives. People tell me their problems. They tell me so many things. They tell me they've been on the bridge, all mm. these things. And, and I have the opportunity to speak to them and, and show them that the movie is such a positive, uplifting experience that it really makes a difference. And, you know, I think that's a real blessing. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've actually written a cookbook. Where did that idea come from? My friend, uh, Franklin DeHanas and I were, um, I went to to Michigan where he lived and did a lot of appearances and gigs and he'd bring me in. And, and one day we were sitting around his kitchen and he said, I think that this dish I just fixed turned into a potter stew. <laughs> it kind of burnt and it wasn't very good. <laughs> and so we got to talking about it and we thought, well, it would be fun to maybe share some of our recipes and some of the stories of It's a Wonderful Life and the the actors and all the situations that happened. And so it's the cookbook was born. And so we we did it, and then um, um, last December we came out with the uh, anniversary edition, and um, and it's just been wonderful. We added a lot more information about the uh, the people in the movie, the story, and all kinds of things like that. So. It's been a real blessing for a lot of people in a lot of ways, and it's a really fun cookbook. Are there any Zuzu ginger snaps recipes in the cookbook? Uh-huh, there sure is. <laughs> Great. <laughs> How are you spending Christmas this year? I imagine this is a very busy time of year for you. I'm on the road all, almost the whole time. <laughs> I come home about a week before Christmas, and then I'm done, done for the year, and uh, it's quite wonderful, actually. Do you like being on the road? I do. I really enjoy meeting the people and sharing um, the information from this movie that I love so very much. Yeah. Many of the other children actors from It's a Wonderful Life are still with us, of course, and you're still in touch with them and do events with them and things like that sometimes. How often would you say you do things with them? Uh, about twice a year. Wow. How we're getting a little long in the tooth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else is coming up for you? Have you got any more exciting appearances, projects, more cookbooks? No, I'm kind of um, writing this one out because it's still the uh, fifth, uh, 75th anniversary of the film this year. So yeah. Um, I'm just kind of riding in that. And um, what I do now is I'm on the road and I do various appearances. And of course, um, we have an It's a Wonderful Life Museum in yeah. Seneca Falls, New York. And so that I, I do the festival every year. And that's coming up in, oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks. And um, so uh, it's a huge event. 
And uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's all about the film. Yeah, excellent. Well, where are we able to keep up to date with you? Because you've got a website, don't you? Yes, I do. Zuzu.net. It's in the process of getting revamped, but um, it is. And so I'm really excited about that. But you can go there and find my appearances and uh, just about any information you need. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great to have you on the show and have a great Christmas. Oh, thank you very much. And you do the same. Um, I'm always thrilled when I get to come to the UK or any part of, of that area because they love the movie so much, too. And that just it makes my heart sing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.